Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackman, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We are 24 hours away from the start of the 2023 NFL Draft, and that is all. We could talk about as we approach the Pittsburgh Steelers first pick at 17 or maybe higher as this year has left us plenty of options to discuss, look over and anticipate as we inch closer to that eight o'clock mark of the 2023 NFL draft. It has been a cold but beautiful week out here in the Berg. I don't even care. Outside doesn't matter because we are that close to the NFL draft and it's like Christmas for NFL fans at this point. So how you feeling, my friend? draft process is long like it really it starts like in december quite honestly yeah like guys like opting out and stuff and now you're like you have to wait five months of just talking about a lot of the same stuff quite frankly but you know it's it's interesting to see how everything kind of moves and adjusts and then you arrive at in in april at a completely different spot than you were in in december so yeah it is exciting it feels like christmas you spent all your days like hunched over a laptop looking at mock drafts and whatever yes. and now in film and now you're now you're here yeah we are we really are here i was actually putting Derek's mock just dropped 12 minutes ago his final mock draft and that was the title of it was same positions different names because that's just it seems like we've gone full circle with literally every single option we could possibly put on the board for the pittsburgh steelers i mean i talked about darnell washington yesterday um i think darnell washington's a sleeper for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but there were months ago where we were like, Darnell Washington, there's no way. Why would they draft a tight end? And then we've done that with seemingly every single name in the draft at this point. It's It's been exciting. I, I agree with you. Like It starts in December. It starts the day that everything ends, and then it goes up until the draft, and then the craziest part is you're wrong. Like, you know, the draft is you're wrong. No matter who yeah. you predict the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get or – who your sleeper is or who this or who that most, most times you're wrong. You'll be lucky to get one or two guys. Right. And it seems like this year, it's like, it's even crazier. Like we, we don't, we really have no idea what's going to happen, but we have a little bit of a layout. And I think Mike Tomlin, no Khan kind of gave some stuff away during that, uh, during that pre-draft press conference that I feel really good about, but there's some headlines still even leading into the draft. And I think that's where I want to start here. Paris Johnson jr. Is a name Todd McShay, Hours before Mike Tomlin and Omar's press conference went off and said, 
that the Steelers have been in contact with the Chicago Bears, which we knew about, and then the Tennessee Titans about moving up for an offensive tackle. I think it's very strange to say that the Steelers know what position they'd be trading up for. Like, I think the Steelers know what position they'd be trading up for, but I don't think they'd give that away. Like, you got to remember in 2003 when they drafted Troy Palmalu, they they told the Chiefs they were going to get Larry Johnson. They went up and got Troy Palmalu. Like, they're not going to be that open about it. That being said, I think offensive tackle is the position that you could anticipate or you could guess is the position they'd go up and get. At the same time, the Arizona Cardinals are seemingly interested and reported to possibly be taking Paris Johnson Jr. at number three. Kyler Murray's a big fan of this guy, apparently. He's told the team that he likes him. He's advised them maybe to take him at three or trade back a little bit to get him wherever he falls in the top ten. If he does, if the Arizona Cardinals do take him off the board at three, do you look at that and say, okay, that's the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers' possibilities of trading up, or do you see – well, maybe there's a list of candidates and it's not just Paris Johnson Jr. to move up to 9, 11, wherever. Yeah, I tend to think that they're not just locked in on one guy. Um, well, especially if they're announcing that or, or they're letting that report seek uh, slip out that they are looking for offensive tackles. I would have to imagine that they have options in mind so that if someone does draft Paris Johnson, they're not getting undercut and they're just left with a ninth pick or a seventh pick or whatever that they don't want. Yeah. Um, I think Scaranti is going to be within that range. Uh, Jalen Carter, like we talked about last week, is going to be within that range. So I don't think it completely shuts them out from trading up, but I I didn't really think they were going to be within range of Johnson anyway. So I I kind of assumed that if they were trading up, they they weren't just going to trade up for one guy in particular. Um, Yeah. That seems like a little – What's the, I don't know. It, it, that seems short-sighted to to trade up and spend that capital for some, uh, not a guarantee, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and I kind of agree with that. I don't think any of the offensive tackles are guaranteed in this in this draft class. I think Paris Johnson's as close as it gets. I, I do think he's the best tackle in the draft class. Garonsky worries me just because I think he's a guard in the NFL. Broderick Jones would be the other name that I Did say he... maybe, but you're not trading up into the top ten for Broderick Jones. Like right, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of at that point just maybe hoping that he falls. I could see them moving up to maybe maybe 11, I guess, if they're really reaching for this guy. 12 through 15, I feels like a good place to go and get him. But at the same time, there's a lot of question marks about Broderick Jones and what he is as a pass protector. He's not that's not a strong suit. Uh, it's obviously not. I mean, Dan Moore Jr. doesn't really have a strong suit at this point. But you look at a guy like, are you going to take a risk on somebody who has glaring obvious stuff that he has to work on just for lack of a better term here that you're going to go up and get at 11, especially a couple years removed from you just did this with Devin Bush who had those same questions about him. You looked at Devin Bush and you said, yeah, this guy's really good, but his coverage ability is a little off. He's super athletic. I think the Steelers could turn him into something. That was the analysis of Devin Bush. Are you going to go do that with Broderick Jones now? Like I just, I, I think that it's it's a big question mark, but that leads to the question, like, are you comfortable with waiting around? And do you feel that a guy like Darnell Wright slides to you? Because if Darnell Wright's off the board, I think at that point, you're you're just sitting around thinking, okay, like Anton Harrison, who definitely needs to develop. Uh, I guess there's other names in the second and third round, but are you willing to kind of remove yourself from offensive tackle at that point if you're not going up to get a guy? I, I kind of approach it as 
yes, I am. Like I, I'm yeah. fairly comfortable with the offensive line. Like I know it's not perfect, but I'm much more comfortable spending that 17th or if you move up somewhere, I'm much more comfortable using that first round pick on something else and trying yeah. to find a developmental piece at, at offensive line because I, I don't know. I, I feel generally very comfortable with, with where they are along the offensive line right now. And unless you're getting a slam dunk day one starter, not really worth moving up or spending anything significant in, in my view, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I agree. I, I don't think the Steelers like I was on board with the Jalen Carter thing, because I think that even if people have worries about Jalen Carter, I think he's the best player in this draft. You go up and get him. Paris Johnson Jr. to me made sense just because I think he is like he's the the offensive tackle I'm taking a chance on in this draft. And if you feel confidently about that, I don't think the Steelers are going to be 17 next year. Like, I just don't. I think they're going to have a worse draft pick and it's going to be even more difficult for them to trade up into near that top 10 area. So if Paris Johnson Jr. is your guy, go get your guy because you're just anticipating to have a more difficult time finding an offensive tackle next year as you did this year. But the rest of them, I just nobody strikes that for me. You know, like Darnell Wright is a starter in the NFL, in my opinion, and I think he could come in here and be a starter in day one. Roderick Jones is as well, but there's question marks to both of them. Then you got Anton Harrison, who I think could develop into a starter, but he needs some time. And after that, like, Dewan Jones, in my eyes, isn't going to be a left tackle. I don't I don't think he's going to turn into a left tackle in the NFL. So I think you have to scrap him. And there's a bunch of question marks pretty much after that for the rest of the draft. Like guys that you could take a chance on, but you know, you took a chance on Dan Moore Jr. and you found yourself in the same position. So I just I think that those three guys are worth drafting. Only one of them is worth going to get. So I could see them sitting around at 17 and seeing what comes to them that being said there's day two there's day three you can find plenty of options and 32 was the hottest topic of conversation at that press conference mike tomlin could not have made it more clear of hey chances are you know we're we're gonna we're gonna collect every phone call that is so exciting you know we are gonna get the best value possible and and evaluate it from there but i think that there's more that goes into that like as much as the steelers would love to trade and add more draft picks the players that are still left on that board at 32 are going to determine whether or not the Steelers are comfortable enough moving back or whatever with that 32nd pick. Because if, if a guy, if somebody slides, you know, like if a Tyreek Stevenson sitting there at 32 that they really like, or Keely Ringo sitting there at 32 that they really like, or for some like crazy reason, Brian Brzee falls out of the, the first round, you know, those are guys that if you're the Steelers, you can't be sitting there going, oh, well, it's fine. You know, we'll just replace them with somebody else. Like those are names that you're going to that you're going to target and you're going to think about. Let's talk about day two, day three before we talk about 32. You look at day two, you look at day three, big guys, you know, a lot of positions. We've we've put out mock drafts endlessly. You know, I feel I can't even count the number of mock drafts I put out. My final one comes out tomorrow. It's got a little bit of a surprise in there for everybody. Do you see a guy on day two, day three that stands out to you that you have had your eye on that just feels like a pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? 
Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I do actually, um, and this was a guy that we saw at the kind of the beginning of our own draft process at the Senior Bowl, um, and that's Carl Brooks, uh, defensive lineman oh, from, okay. from Bowling Green. Um, yeah, he's projected to go like being a, a pick in the 200s, but I don't know that guy. I I was really shocked when I saw that. Um, I did a little like you know uh, mock draft line some options in that range for the Steelers. And I, I was shocked that he would have even been available at that, at that pick because I was just so impressed with him at the senior bowl. I think he's got a lot of versatility. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love Carl Brooks. Uh, he's got, he's got crazy size, but can move so well at that position and they need defensive linemen. They need edge rushers, but I think this guy has the potential to play on the inside too. Um, I think as a day three pick as a value pick that that would be a slam dunk. Yeah, I, Carl Brooks has been – he's just such a name to watch. Derek actually mm-hmm. has him in his mock draft at 120. Do you think that that's too Ooh. high to take him, or do you think that he's worth the worth the you know reach, I want to say? I feel like it's hard to reach in the fourth round, but do you think he's worth the reach? Yeah, I think so, just only because you're not picking in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Um, that that would make sense to me. You know, that I think that would be worth it. Um, I don't know if – Every team would value Brooks the same way, but for the Steelers, that that would absolutely make sense to me. Um, yeah, one twenty would one twenty would work. Um, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, again, I don't know if he's like if that's his actual, you know, like in a vacuum, that's where he would be drafted. But situationally for the Steelers, that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm not upset about it at one twenty because I think Carl Brooks has like that upside. You know, yeah. like I think he could come in here. He could be he could replace Isaiah Loudermilk. Maybe he could play a little bit of nose tackle. He could play on the edge. The guy literally does it all. And to come from yeah. Bowling Green, like like you said, like we we had our eyes on him at the senior bowl because he was probably the second best player at the senior bowl outside of the dude from Northwestern that I will never be able to pronounce his name. But Carl Brooks has been he has he has been that dude. That's a really good pick for the Steelers. I could see that happening. And I could see it happening at 120. I could also see them trading back in you know, into that fourth or fifth round area or fifth or sixth round area, excuse me, and going after a guy like that with that versatility. Mayan is along the same lines there. I think Gervon Dexter isn't going to go as high as a lot of people have him. You know, some some say he's a second round pick. Some say he's maybe an early third round pick. I could see him fall into that 80 mark, but I think that he is almost a lock to end up the Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 80. And, and here's why, because I think him, maybe Keanu Benton, are like the two names that I feel very confidently fit the Pittsburgh Steelers and exactly what they're looking to do. They want that inside-outside versatility. They want another DeMarvin Leal. They like what DeMarvin Leal could do. Like they're not. There's a lot of people that have question marks of, oh, is this guy ever going to turn into something successful because he doesn't really have a position? I think they like those positionless players. Like I, I think that they really much so value the DeMarvin Leals. Gervon Dexter is is another one of those guys. You know, he's a he's a defensive end who could play the edge. He could play inside. He's very fast. He's very raw. He's athletic, but he's also super strong. He's got a lot of development left in him. I, I think that he's not even as developed as Brooks. I would say. I, mm-hmm. I think that if you started both day one as rookies, Brooks probably would outperform Dexter. But I think that Dexter's got so much potential and a lot of upside. And I was told at the NFL Combine that this is a dude that somebody's going to get in that second or third round, and he's going to be an absolute steal. And a lot of people, like a lot of people, told me that. Not just one, 
Um, and I, I think that the Steelers kind of fall into that notion. They did cancel the pre-draft visit with them, which, you know, there's all also are always concerns about that. But at the same time, you know, there's a million reasons that you would cancel a pre-draft right. visit. It's not just, oh, we're no longer interested in this guy. If he's there at 80, I could see him ending up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'd feel really good about that. So you think it's 80, not not 49? I don't know. I think it could be 49. I think they're still going to be addressing needs at 49. Like I could see an edge rusher at 49. I could see maybe a wide receiver at 49. I could see a second cornerback at 49. You know, I could see an interior offensive lineman. I, I don't know. Maybe a linebacker. Jack Campbell could be there at 49. I just think that at that point, you're not going to be looking at that flexible guy. And I, I'm telling you, I think Garv, I think Dexter's going to slide. Like I don't. There's a lot of guys that have him like anywhere from 32 all the way to, you know, the end of the third round. But I think that, you know, if Brian Brzee doesn't make it to the top 20, these guys are going to start falling. And I think Dexter's, you know, one of those names. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, addresses a need, like you said, positional versatility. I think someone asked Mike Tarwood about that earlier in the week and maybe Omar Khan just about like, the rise of positionless football, you know? Yeah, that was good old Wex. Good old yeah. I thought that Michael. was a good question. I enjoyed yeah. hearing about that. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, so I, I like that pick. And uh, it, yeah, kind of the same deal as Carl Brooks. You know, you're looking for a guy who, when, you, when you're bringing a project like that, I think it's interesting to bring in a guy who can do multiple things and and that you can kind of, that, that it's not going to be a hard, a difficult job finding a place for him to play, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm saying. I think you could just plug and play him, develop him behind Larry Ogunjobi and Cam Hayward, maybe a little TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith in there. And I think you're feeling I think you're feeling really good about that like raw athletic player that you just added to your defensive line, especially because they've already added some depth, so I feel like they feel rather comfortable there. All right, let's talk 32. Let's work our way up here. Pick 32, we just talked about it. Mike Tomlin made a huge deal about it. Humongous deal about pick 32 he could not stop talking about pick 32 actually like it was mm-hmm. it, it was crazy how much this guy was just like i am so excited to have the first pick in the because you gotta remember like mike tomlin's never had a losing season so he's never had a pick high enough to feel you know confident in what you could do with it like he's never been in a situation where it's like man people want this pick you know it's always like yeah, yeah 17 somebody if somebody falls they'll go get them or whatever but for the most part no that's not that's not the situation to have 32, we've talked about this so much. It's probably the most valuable pick that the Steelers have. It's You could do so many things with it. So the big question is, do you think that they move it? And if you do think that they move it, when? Like, Do you think it's, it's between round one or round two? Do you think it's earlier? Do you think it's during round one? When do you think that, that trade goes down if you see one coming? So I got to be honest, I don't see one coming. I would oh. say probably... 75 25 i'd put the odds at that they that they keep it i just think it's too valuable and i think they're they're gonna absolutely field offers like they're saying they are actively inviting them but i don't think the return that they would get would be as valuable as just what they could pick there yeah that said on the 25% chance that they do trade it i think you're gonna wake up you know on what would that be friday morning friday morning yeah, you're going to wake up on Friday morning and the Steelers are going to have a different pick if they do trade it. Um, I think it would be real because essentially this, like we said, this is essentially a 
first round pick mm-hmm. because the Dolphins don't have their pick. I think they are go they are in such a great position to see what happens in the first round and then make a decision um, to to accumulate more picks or whatever because everyone's going to have a beat. They're, you know they're going to be able to go to bed on Thursday night and say and sleep on it a little bit and say, okay, here's who went, who's still who's still available. And you kind of get a sense of where teams are going to go based off of their first round picks. Mm-hmm. So I think that they will kind of take their time. And then once the dust settles on the first round, start saying, okay, who wants this one? What can you give me? So and so and on. Okay. I like that. I that's see, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting for really anybody to say they're not going to trade it, but it does like, it makes a lot of sense. Just like we said, like the value and the guys that are sliding, I mean, Brian Brzee was a name that we were worried was going to go much higher than 17 in Derek. Derek did a full round mock draft that he was supposed to put out in complex. Things happened over a complex. So, you know, my condolences to everybody out there, but he he's about to put it out at noon actually on all Steelers. And I was going through it and Brian Brzee is like 21, 22 or something like that. And I was like, damn, that's a, that's a slide. And then, you know, Nolan Smith slides and Lucas Van Ness went after the Steelers at one point. Like these names are going to be there that at one point we saw as like potential top 10 picks. And if the Steelers have an opportunity to take one at 32, that's more valuable. You know, like it's not like you're like, oh, man, this is my only second round pick. You get to do it again in 15 more picks like you could you you could just draft whoever you were thinking about sliding back with at 49 or you can move up from there. You know, you still have your fourth and fifth round next year, and the Steelers never end a draft with the fourth and fifth round pick the year the year following. It just doesn't happen. The possibilities are definitely there. Um, I'm I'm under the notion that they are going to move it, and this is and I'll give you guys a little sneak peek into my final mock draft tomorrow. But if if Brzee's there, I think that that's definitely a name to watch. I think that he's on their radar. He makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. I was talking to Cam Hayward yesterday, and he really likes him. He thinks that he's a very good player, uh, has that inside-outside versatility that the Steelers are looking for. I think that they trade back into the first round, into the into the end of the first round. They use 32 to trade back into the, the first round. I don't know what else they give up. You know, uh, that things get complicated there. Maybe a fourth next year or fifth next year. Yeah, I was going to say, that that seems difficult to have to, to get back into the first round coming from 32, you know? you. I don't think they move that far. Like, I think maybe you know, may, maybe a couple of picks or, or maybe they do wait depending, but I think that like that 25 mark, you know, give or take is where they're going to, they're going to eyeball it and see who's available and see what the trend is. And they have an idea of who's drafting where. And I think that they go get Darnell Washington. I do. Mm, okay. I really, really do. I think that, okay. you know, Mike Tomlin's little tight ends, the tight ends are phenomenal. Tight ends are the best thing in this draft. That got me. Like all the mm-hmm. lights went off in my head. Uh, my sirens were as loud as could be, and I was just like, "There's no like, why would you even think about that? Like, why would why are you doing homework on tight ends?" And then I started thinking, and you know, I didn't spend time with the tight ends at the NFL Combine. There was no point in doing so. But at the Senior Bowl, I talked to all the tight ends, and not one of them. And we talked to everybody at the Senior Bowl by the end of that week, right. and every single person we talked to talked to Mike Tomlin or the Pittsburgh Steelers in some capacity, every mm. single one, no tight ends, not one tight end that I talked to had any conversation with Mike Tomlin or anybody with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what, what type of homework are you doing on these tight ends? Like, yeah, they're good, but like, 
Are you just scouting them in your leisure so that you have an idea of what's going on? I think Darnell Washington makes a ton of sense, like a ton mm-hmm. of sense. If you really thought that you had three tight ends, which I still fall under the theory and the belief that Connor Hayward is not going to be a tight end this season. I think he's going to be a fullback slash slot receiver slash halfback slash wherever you need to put him on the field. He's just going to be out there doing his thing. I think that the Steelers would love to bring in a guy like Darnell Washington because he's a, he's an immediate upgrade as a blocking tight end. The Steelers desperately need a blocking tight end, especially in Matt Canada's offense with how much they try to utilize 12 and 13 personnel. And on top of that, you brought Allen Robinson in and you raved about his red zone capabilities and how proven he is in the red zone and how much that's going to help Kenny Pickett. You're telling me that a six foot seven tight end is not going to help Kenny Pickett. I mean, Matt Spath made an entire right. career out of it in Pittsburgh as a backup tight end who was six six, and he just caught touchdowns. That's all he did. He didn't do anything. He wasn't even on the football field entire drives, and then he would go in in the red zone. And right. Darnell Washington's way better than that, but. I think that that like I think in Mike Tomlin's eyes, he's looking at that and going, that is a quarterback's best friend is a really good, tall, tight end. And to have somebody who compliments Pat Fryermuth, because that's who Pat Fryermuth is like, you need a compliment from Pat Fryermuth. He's not your all around tight end, unfortunately. But if Pat could be your number one and Darnell Washington could be your number two and then you got Zach Gentry coming off the bench. I don't know. I think that I think Mike Tomlin would be so excited about that move. Yeah, I mean, Darnell Washington is a weapon. Like, don't yeah. don't get it twisted. Like, yeah, he's a good blocker, but I mean, he can catch too, and he can run. Um, and and you mentioned the the red zone capabilities. That's a great pick, and if they're able to do that, I'm I'm all for it. That would be, that would be awesome. Um, it depends. Like, I don't even honestly like if you're dipping into next year's pick to move up to get him. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, you I do that you every give up time. a fourth. Yeah, yeah, a fourth next year and thirty two. To go up and get Darnell, you just got two first round guys that you feel really good about, and you did nothing. Like you kept 49. I don't think you're going to have to give up anything huge to move back into the first round, especially that late, like with 32 and the value it holds. And I think that teams are going to look at it just like the Steelers are going to look at it. If I have control of that 30 second pick for 24 hours, the opportunity is endless. So even if I don't give up a lot, I think it's worth it for a team who wants to have more draft picks, you know? And a lot of those teams, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, aren't a team that's hunting for a Super Bowl right now, you know? Like, they they got a lot of work to do. And if they're thinking, well, let's just add some draft picks, I mean, I think that's that's a spot for them 100%. I think, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you'd never trade it within the division. But there's a lot of those teams in that back end that you're just like, maybe. You know, maybe they go up and get Darnell Washington or maybe he slides out of the first round, but I don't think the Steelers are going to take that chance. Yeah. I think they go get him. I'm actually very excited about that one. Well, yeah, and you keep hearing about, at least I've seen a ton of reports that no one has 32, 31 players that they've given first round. Yeah, I saw that, like 20. Everybody's got like 20 guys. Right, like I I, I wouldn't be shocked if there are a ton of people trying to trade out of the first round. And- yeah accumulate some draft picks because they don't really like any of the guys in that I guess what like 20 to 31 or 32 range yeah and especially like if you don't think if you're not that high on this draft class in general you'll take next year's picks you know and you'll feel very confident about next year's picks and I think that's it's going to come in handy for the Pittsburgh Steelers I'm telling you Darnell Washington's a name to watch with that with that said let's talk sleepers I'll go outside of Darnell Washington when I'm up obviously do you have 
a guy that you're like, oh, this guy's been on my radar for the Steelers. Uh, he remains on my radar for the Steelers, and I think he's a possibility in the next three days. Yeah, so it this theory kind of takes a hit after the Allen Robinson trade because he is okay. a receiver. He is a slot receiver, but Jalen Reed from oh, Michigan State. from Michigan another, State. Yeah, another guy we saw at the Senior Bowl. Um, I really like him. He's got great speed, great hands. He's athletic. Uh, he can make some difficult catches. Um, I think this team still needs kind of an injection of speed. Um, mm-hmm. like when you think about it, Calvin Austin is really kind of the only burner, uh, on that, on that offense. So I would love an injection of speed. This guy could probably play some special teams too. maybe return some punts or kicks. Um, he wouldn't, you know, he would, he's a, he's a day two pick at best. Um, yeah. probably more likely a day three. It might require you to like, you'd either have to reach for him at in round four or trade back into five or six, but I think he's well within, uh, the possibilities for them to draft. And I think he would be a great fit. That's uh, Jalen Reed's a big one. That's mm-hmm. I think he he's been on their radar. They brought him in for a pre-draft visit. They met with them at the combine. I don't know if they went to Michigan state's pro day, but he, just like you said, like he's a slot guy with a bunch of speed. I don't think Allen Robinson necessarily removes the need for us for a wide receiver for the Steelers. Like, I think mm-hmm. that he, certainly helps the case, but I don't look at Miles Boykin as a guy who's going to play any offense. I don't think Gunnar Olszewski is a lock for a roster spot this season. I think he could be on his way out very, very soon. And then you look at Calvin Austin, you know, he's, he's going to play. And unless something terrible happens or he doesn't turn into anything good, he's going to play Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. I don't think Anthony Miller's a lock by no means. And I don't think he's a reason that they wouldn't draft a wide receiver. And I don't think, I mean, Allen Robinson's 30 years old and next year he's supposed to make $18 million. So right. chances are he's not sticking around after this year anyways, unless they could seriously cut his, his cap number down. I'm, I mean, Jalen Reed would be a name that, that would be, I mean, uh, Jalen Reed's been on my radar a little bit. I do think that he's a possibility there at like, you know, 80, 120 maybe for them, depending on where he slides. I'm going to go. Along those same lines, a guy that I mentioned once he was in one of my mock drafts, then kind of faded away, but it's Josh Downs, North Carolina. I think 49, maybe even 80, depending on where these wide receivers start to go. He could be, he could be a guy that, that ends up in Pittsburgh. I just think that he's along those same lines. He's super fast. He's a, he's an absolutely insane route runner. He gives you that, that slot versatility where he could go outside if you need him to be but he's on the inside. The Steelers told him that he had the cleanest workout of all time, and then they went totally ghost on him. And in my eyes, that was, again, that was a red flag. There's a reason that you go ghost on these guys. You know, Jonathan Mingo was like that too, brought him in for a pre-draft visit, then everybody stopped talking about him. Josh Downs is a dude that if if that happened tomorrow, you know, if his name popped up in a pre-draft visit, there would be a lot of, like a lot of conversation about it. And the fact that that there hasn't to a lot of people dims it down. I don't think that he's off their radar at all. Yeah, Josh Downs is electric. I I'm all in on Josh. Yeah, that would yeah. be a fantastic pick. Um, watch. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic player, and he would be exactly what they need. If they can get him, I'm I'm all 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 for that. And I wonder, I do do you, do you ever wonder if you know when they go ghost on a player like that, it's just because they got what they needed. They're yeah, a hundred percent. It's the, the Kalaja Kansi thing, you know, for, for everybody who's following Kalaja Kansi's journey, he didn't have a single pre-draft visit. And that's just because 
you know, nobody's got questions for him. Like you don't, nobody comes in for a pre-draft visit and like, you know, you don't like work out. You do a little bit here and there, some guys, but for the most part, you're like taking a tour of the facility. You're meeting with Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan and some position guys. You know, you're, you're kind of just like answering questions like Jalen Carter. The fact that he didn't take a ton of position uh, of pre-draft visits at first, that was why he was probably sliding because guys have to ask these questions like, Hey, what's going on? What are all these blah, blah, blah. You know, Kenny Pickett had all these, excuse me, pre-draft visits because they were just asking, sorry, I got a frog in my throat here. Um, They're just asking about his tiny hand size. Like, Hey man, look at, you can't throw the ball deep and you sleep with splints. What the heck's going on there? Did you see that by the way? No, I didn't. He he went on the pivot yesterday, I guess it was Mm -hmm. released. And he said that he, he slept with splints on his hands so that they grew. So that they got longer. <laughs> that's how that's how he did that. And apparently it worked. I don't know, but that, yes, yeah. that's, hands that's, are still small. I don't know. Yeah, hands are still baby hands, but that's okay. And he but that's what I'm saying. Like nobody, nobody's bringing you in to like ask the positive traits. So I, I just think that when you get enough on a guy and they don't have any character concerns or they don't have any issues, especially a wide receiver, you know, you could just kind of you could kind of like lay off. You know, with and like, you know, that being said, people bring up like, oh, well, they brought in Jonathan Mingo and Jalen Reed. Yeah, but they didn't go to their pro days and, you know, they didn't spend any time scouting these guys. So they want to do a little bit of scouting here and there. Those pre-draft visits are kind of just like, OK, let's tie up some loose ends here. It's not really like a set in stone type of thing. Um, all right. That leads us to the big question here. The only question that that we have left, we're heading into to Thursday. It is almost 24 hours right now from the NFL draft things are as red hot and as unknown as humanly possible for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the most exciting thing ever. That's what I asked cam yesterday. I was like, you know, I talked to cam and I said, Hey, look at like, you're going to be at the pre-draft party and I get, he'll be there Friday, not Thursday, but just to sit there and watch and have so many unknowns with the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to that first round pick, like how exciting is it? And and he said like, it's, it's pretty wild. Like that you literally have no idea what's going to happen. I think that's how where we sit here. So I ask you, the 17th pick in the draft, who is your selection for the Pittsburgh Steelers? We've done this for four or five months. Yes, long time. I'm, I'm going back to the guy that we pretty much started this thing with, and that's Joey Porter Jr. Um, oh. That seemed like that was where, I don't know. That's just, I think he's going to slide to them. I don't think he's going to go before seventeen. I think he's going to fall there and the Steelers aren't going to be able to help themselves. Um, yeah, that was a guy who I think was the first player on everyone's mind when we kind of started looking at what the options were. He faded a little bit as everyone thought there was going to be some slew of corners going in the in the top 10 and the top 15. But it seems like that's faded a little bit too. And I think he's going to be there at 17 and he'll be a great pick for them there because it's what they need. It's a guy that they like. It's a guy that they know. Um, I won't, don't think there'll be any, re- as long as he's there, there won't be any reason not to pick him. Yeah. 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 He does. He checks all the boxes, right? Every single one you hear him talking about it. Even he, you know, he talked to Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden on their podcast a couple of days ago. And I heard him say that when Mike Tomlin sat him down for that pre-draft visit, the first thing he said was, I don't want to talk family. Like, I, I don't want to talk about anything to do with your dad or whoever. Like, you know, this is about you as a football player. And you look at Joey Porter Jr. and you just go, OK, he, you know, he's he tested out the wazoo. Crazy testing numbers. 
He's got all the physicality that you want in a cornerback, especially to learn from Patrick Peterson. Uh, he could play press man and he could play zone. He's got the long arms. He, you know, he's got the speed. He's a little grabby, but everybody in, NC, in, in college football is grabby. It's just part of the game. There's just so much. And then on top of that, every time this kid talks, you're just like, this is the most polite human being, you know, just humbled, kind person in existence. You know, like it, it, that's what I get out of this guy is every time he talks, I'm just like, damn, man, you are so nice. Like, why are you so nice? And I think that that sticks with Mike Tomlin. You know what I mean? Like, I think that when him and Omar sit down to go through everything and their options are on the board, the fact that this kid is humble enough where he knows and he listens. The fact that you listen to your father and your mother about going back to school for another year because they knew it was the right thing to do and you didn't have any complaints about it, you just did it, that's going to that's gonna sit there for Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan, and, and I agree. I think that at 17, we've come full circle. We've talked every name in the book. We've gone over every single position, but I think that at 17, the pick is still going to be Joey Porter Jr. I just... It's so hard to deny that he is the fit, that he has every intangible that you could possibly ask for with the Pittsburgh Steelers. On top of that, the Baltimore Ravens are on their radar, and I don't think there's anybody in Pittsburgh that wants to let this kid end up in Baltimore. I just, you know, when you, when you could come to a team and learn from Patrick Peterson, have the, have the traits, you know what I mean? Like you stand 6'2", 200 pounds, you know, you have the craziest long arms in, in college football. You run a 4-4. Like, you you just you do everything right. And then on top of that, you're going to have your dad here to learn from. You're going to have, like I said, Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace to learn from. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward's going to take you under their wing. Mike Tomlin's here. Ike Taylor's going to be around. I mean, you know, you don't want to take any chances. And I think the smallest risk the Steelers could take is Joey Porter Jr. He just makes all the sense in the world. So he's got to be there. He's just got to be there. there. That's the biggest question. He's got to be there. And I think a couple of days ago it was looking grim today. I I don't know. Like I, you go through mock drafts and you just think, you know, Devin Witherspoon is now possibly the favorite corner in this draft. Christian Gonzalez is there. Deontay banks could slide, but he could go early. You know, they're talking about like DJ Turner making his way into the first round, like all the craziest stuff. All the craziest notions of this cornerback class are now happening. I think we have no idea how it's going to turn out, but I will say this cornerbacks are always a high commodity, but they're never, they're never a deal breaker. You know, you -hmm. could always find another corner. And I think a lot of teams look at it that way. And I think a lot of teams will pass on a corner because they have the same thing that we've talked about with the Pittsburgh Steelers time and time again. There are other names in this class that are also impressive that they like. And if the Steelers are thinking like that, other teams are. The difference is when 17 rolls around and your options are Joey Porter Jr. or Darnell Wright, you're going to look at it and say, look, Darnell Wright definitely helps this football team, but Joey Porter Jr. could be the the next great thing, and he's got all the tools to be the next great thing. And at 17, that's who you got to take. So there it is, 17. That's exciting. Chances are we're wrong. But I, I don't know. Like, I think that you look at the past couple of years and, like, as far back as Chase Claypool made perfect sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, ended up with the Steelers. Najee Harris made perfect sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, ended up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett, you know, made a lot of sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, ended up in the pit with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just feels like Joey Porter Jr. is like another. Just feels right. 
Yeah. It feels right. I would love to be able to. I, I would just love. I, I don't know. It, it it just feels right in a lot of ways. So yep. you're thinking, are you thinking Porter too? Or do you have another? I am. Nope. I'm thinking Porter. I think Porter's the name. I think that's who you go with at 17. I think that there's no questions asked. And then as I said, I think you, you jump back in, you get Darnell Washington and you know, you go on from there and, and the rest, the rest of the draft falls as it is. And I could, I could tell you right now, I think that we could go three days and the Steelers don't take an offensive tackle. I think that's a real possibility, but I don't think that they screw up if they do so. I think that they just value other positions and, and other needs and other players in this draft higher than some at offensive tackle. So with that, we'll see. Like I said, we are 24 hours away from the NFL draft. It is crazy times right now. Things are about to get he- heated up. For those football fans that celebrate, we've made it. We've It's been a long offseason, but football mm-hmm. is officially back. And before you know it, as I said to Cam yesterday, or as Cam said to me yesterday, it seems like tomorrow is training camp. And yeah, it really does. We are as close as it possibly gets. With that, we are heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for following around, following along all draft season. The big day is tomorrow. Uh, everybody make sure from 5 to 7 p.m. I almost forgot to plug this. 5 to 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Talk. Derek Bell and Nick Martin will be hosting a two-hour live NFL draft special going through all the possibilities, everything that they've done and scouted throughout this process and who they believe are perfect fits for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Plus they'll have a special, a couple of special guests, including myself at some point, I'll be popping in there live from the UPMC Rooney sports complex. Enjoy the rest of your week. Draft season is officially over, but the NFL draft is officially here. We'll see you soon. Peace. (laughs) 